Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Zimmerman with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, we'll discuss the importance of knowing your members. Before we begin, I'm pleased to introduce today's speaker, Jen Dieter, VP of Sales, Payer Market, and Thrive. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate being here. So there's been a lot of change due to the pandemic, of course, um, and, and healthcare in particular has been truly transformed by, by this big event. Um, what shifts have payers and their members seen, Jen? From a payer perspective, there were definite shifts in the payer mix, but from members, people's lives changed fairly dramatically. And as we think about the last two years, we may wonder, did a member's employment status change? Did they move? Did they lose somebody? Were the fluctuations in their income? It's also worthwhile to consider how member behavior may have changed. Did your members skip their medical treatments? Did they postpone procedures or well visits? You know, did they keep on top of managing medications? Perhaps they shifted from in-person to telehealth type visits. It's important that payers are able to understand and answer these questions about their members. And with this intel, a clearer view of the dimensions within a member population become evident. And to some degree, it helps determine a hierarchy of needs, specific both to, the, both to an individual member as well as to a whole community. Armed with this knowledge, which by the way, doesn't appear in a claim or clinical record, a payer can pinpoint various factors to inform risk and the types of member intervention or outreach strategies that will work best. So I, I wanna get into sort of those needs, those unique needs that you talked about really understanding uh, a member and, and the, the, the broader community's unique needs. Why is this imperative to ensure better health outcomes in a member experience? Uh, this is a really important question. And, you know, especially um, since having a clear understanding of the unique member needs is a cornerstone for being able to serve your members and their communities. With the right data, it's possible to get a more comprehensive view of members, including risk factors that go beyond claims and charts. There are various ways this can be beneficial to a health plan, and I can outline a few of them here. For starters, it can help payers understand a member's level of risk and address these risks with targeted interventions. For example, if you know a member has diabetes, lives in a food desert and doesn't have reliable transportation, you may be able to help. Perhaps you can identify a community food pharmacy program for that member to enroll in or connect them with a grocery delivery service. It can also help improve health inequities and reduce medical costs. When you can layer on social risk information for more vulnerable populations, you can identify programs and outreach strategies to improve health access, services, and outcomes. A more focused approach to addressing these inequities can also reduce costs. For example, AmeriHealth Caritas created transitional housing for their homeless members to help them recover from health interventions in a safe, supported community. I would imagine this also improved, uh, reduced readmissions, and again, supported the overall outcome of health for those members. Finally, the right data can be immensely helpful with implementing the right member engagement strategies. It can be customized to member needs to more effectively support them. In a virtual event we hosted last fall, one of our panelists mentioned how after seeing a limited member response from a postcard mailing, 
they switched it up to offer small monetary gift card rewards. And these were very targeted in the mailings, focused on at-risk individuals with chronic conditions and preventative care needs. And by doing that, the response rates improved, as did their overall return on investment for that program. While a ma mailing strategy may work for some, similar personalization and tweaks can be made to email, phone, and one-on-one -on -one efforts to further enhance engagement and ultimately improve outcomes. And I want to dive deeper now on the, the member engagement piece and, and how that really influences loyalty. So, Jen, what ways do you see this uh, pair member relationship evolving and, and what strategies should plans look to employ? Well, when we think about member engagement and achieving loyalty, it can often be a challenge. As it stands now, there's a lot of churn with health plan members and the average amount of time plans expect to retain their members is just a few years. This puts a focused lens on shorter time frame types of interventions and potentially limits longer term interventions for optimal health. With the shift to a member loyalty and member retention focus, healthcare providers and plans can better work together on long-term interventions focused on whole health and wellness. Plans can build stronger, more personalized relationships with their members based on member health needs and preferences. Just think, you know, rather than a two-year relationship, if a member is on a plan for seven or more years, if a medical issue is identified at the beginning of that time, the plan can work in partnership with the member, providing this in the context of a continuity of care, as in no changes to the, to the available physicians or coverage. And with a longer time frame, there's a much better opportunity for health plans to build a more robust direct relationship with this member. In a healthcare ecosystem where member loyalty is top of mind, a paradigm shift can occur. Connection and relationship between the member and plan based on the member's real needs and wants, and the overall member care journey can become a highly collaborative experience. Not to mention the member feels well-supported and confident in their health coverage. So the next question that I want to get to is what specific changes can payers make today to really improve that loyalty? Well, loyalty starts with making a genuine human connection, and it comes from a myriad of different actions. When you know a member better, you can look for the right times and the right ways to reach out to them. Think of all the noise we face in our daily life. From a healthcare standpoint, when you can marry socioeconomic attributes and health data, really seeing the complete person, you can deliver more valued and appreciated communications, and you can transition away from being noise to be a trusted resource. One of the single best ways to impact loyalty is to meet your members where they're at in this moment. If you know a member recently went through a life change, say a move or a loss, you can segment a population and create a particular focus on relevant strategies for that population. In my mind, there are three specific changes or strategies health plans should keep in mind when it comes to building loyalty. First, as I, as I already alluded to, payers need to embrace social determinants of health data. It's truly key to understanding a member's whole life experience. This understanding allows for care to feel, feel more holistic and personalized, even relevant. It builds trust 
For example, if someone lacks transportation or lives in an area without many healthcare resources, getting to a preventative care visit can feel very difficult. If the plan can understand this and provide an option for this member, it enables connection. And when members who have a choice in the plans they select, when they feel seen, the loyalty curve can drastically shift. And that's really also a relationship shift with that member. Secondly, finding ways to encourage proactive care management for the long-term is key. Health plans have an opportunity to address the whole person and put the person at the center of their care. When a major life event happens, they can react, connect, and advise. Having healthier members benefits both them and the plan. And lastly, consider the ease of the member's overall experience. Strive to find ways to make healthcare easier to understand and more accessible for your members. My family's been with a new health plan for the last couple months, and I was thrilled to find the dramatically more useful portal that provided connection to telehealth with the click of a button and had a way to submit a claim online versus printing and mailing it. That has been the standard that I've used for years. In other words, this health plan makes it easy for members to understand and use coverage. Thank you, Jen. And it's, and it's clear, you know, that it's really important for, for payers to have accurate data to really enable this effective member engagement. But I'm curious what you would say about how to engage with members that are, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, disengaged from care. Well, the right data can help with that, too. First and foremost, it's important to define what disengaged means. Does it mean they aren't going to the doctor because they're healthy and don't need it? Um, or, they, or they need care and can't get it? Maybe healthcare isn't a priority. Many factors can impact and lead to disengagement. Regardless of the reason itself, social determinant of health data can help answer some of the questions and determine the best path for engagement. From here, a health plan can intervene. This may mean refining benefit design, something like telehealth or $0 coverage items, benefits designed to encourage the behavior you want to see in your members, reconsidering outreach tactics and seek to understand member preferences. If they aren't answering the phone, maybe text or direct mail or email is better. What communication do they prefer? Are they not responding to your mailings? Maybe you don't have the right address or the right hook in your mailing message. Small acts of change can drive big results. Ideally, it's always best to re-engage a member before a health status change or a major event, but unfortunately, it doesn't always happen this way. If member engagement doesn't happen until after a health change, re-engage and rebuild that relationship during that care transition. At the end of the day, it's worthwhile to stratify the reasons members may disengage and to find opportunities to involve them more closely with their care and their overall health. Well, Jen, really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing those insights with our listeners today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me. We also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Thrive. You can tune in more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcast.